0: all the way next week and on the last week of this month we have a special service in store for you so we wanted just to say welcome you to our worship service welcome you to our revival you online listen we just ask you to go ahead and just let your family and your friends know that we are up and running amen are we all right tonight is it just me tonight amen I have my worship team behind me. I praise God for it. Listen, go ahead and let your family know that we're in the house. We want to welcome you. And also, we want to remind you that as we observe this here day of COVID, I say observe, because we have gotten to a place where we are not as mindful as we should. So we just want to encourage us to still be mindful of our distancing, be mindful of how we conduct ourselves in the, word of, in the house of God, um, because we know that this thing is still alive and kicking. But we're not going to let that stop us. Amen? We're not gonna let that stop us. We're gonna continue on worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness. At this time, can we just sing our opening song? Can we sing? Amen. Amen. All over the building. Come on.
1: Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his come on now. In the mansion, wide and blessed. He'll prepare for us a play when we all, when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Well when we all see we'll sing and shout the victory come on family onward walk the pilgrim's pathway clouds will overspread the sky but when traveling days are over will the shadows not a well when we all get to heaven What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. Verse 3, come on, family. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory the toys of life repay. well when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus we'll sing and shout the victory loud word to the prize before us Soon his beauty Behold Soon The gates will be open And we shall Tread the streets of gold Oh when we all Get to heaven What a day Of rejoicing that will be When we all See Jesus We'll sing And shout the victory Come on fam, when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus can we sing that one more time let's do that one more time well when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be well when we God is good. And all the time. Oh, Come on. God is good.
0: And all the time. Amen. Amen. Bless the name of the Lord. I see why the Lord says that he needs the minstrels to go forward. Amen. Because there's something about praise and worship that send you on your way. You can go do big things when you have somebody behind you. Come on, somebody. We have a choir behind you. At this time, we do want to encourage you to let your family and friends know that we are here. Um, we want to welcome to our sanctuary worship time tonight. Um, worship in the sanctuary, this is our revival. We've been going at it all week long. am on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll be here tomorrow night. We'll be doing this through the month of November. That last month or the last week in this month, We'll have a special presentation by our different churches in our area. We're doing a collaboration. Um, And then we'll um, accommodate that with our family communion. And so we just want to thank God for this opportunity to come together tonight. Listen, tell your friends, tell your family that we are in the house. Let us um, bow our heads for a word of prayer, do our special prayer time, and then we have the choir will come back and bless us. or the praise team will come back and bless us with a song, and then you will hear from the word of God. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we are so thankful, so privileged, and so honored to be able to come before you we recognize oh god that there's nothing that we have done but it's all because of you so we thank you for our last night lying down and our early morning rising thank you for covering us and keeping us and bringing us to this place of worship i want to ask now oh god that you will be with all of our family and friends that are viewing online i ask that you will cover and keep them as well you know what they need before they're in need of it I ask that you will cover our family members, those that are battling with COVID, those that are dealing with health issues and challenges, those that are in the valley of decision, that you will cover them as well. But Father, tonight, as we enter into your presence, we seek your covering over us. That when we leave here tonight, we will not leave here the same way we came, but we will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God being drawn closer to you. Thank you again for this privilege. Thank you again for this honor. Forgive us again of our sins, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Some things we have
0: Come on, let's put our hands together. Whatever it is that you're going through, you can take it to the Lord in prayer. That's one of the benefits of knowing Jesus, that you can call on him any time, any day, any night. It doesn't matter how big the problem is or how small the problem is, he is faithful, he is just, and he is loving, he's kind, amen, he won't tell your business, he, he's just a good guy, he's a good guy all by himself, he don't need our help, he don't need your help or my help, all of my help comes from him, all of my help comes from him, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, uh, praise team, choir. We just praise God for you. Um, that's a refresher right there. Amen. We've been, we've been, thank you, Sister Bear, for your ministry this, amen. Thank you for your ministry, amen. But tonight, thank you, amen. Listen, I'm, listen, I, I, I know we're in a revival, but but see, I'm not going to jump over you and just go straight to, we we love you man but we love you and we appreciate what you've been doing all week but but brother we just we just love you (laughs) and so it just really does the worship service i mean we've been having a good time amen sister bear you've been you've been doing your thing amen we've been working with what we had amen but god is good we thank you that we were able to lend out you lend your voices on tonight um, to be able to spend this time. Listen, I know you're online. I, I, I thank God for you. I just want to always stop and take a pause uh, for that. Um, you know, we're in this um, COVID time and this COVID season, and while we just love to see this church packed, uh, we would love to see it packed, um, you know, but, but, but you know, we understand that we're still in some dangerous times, but let's just be real. We know some of us can come on back up in here. Hey Amen, put out the slide, that curve ball in there, and just shoot it on out there, just gone. That wasn't, no, wasn't no rim basket right there, that was straight net. Amen, <laughs> hey that was straight net, oh, nothing but net, right there, because you know, you, you be here, come on now. Um, but tonight, we just want to continue on with our time as we look into the sanctuary. Um, I'm just so thankful that we're able to have this time together amen, to be able to deal with um, the sanctuary. And tonight we just want to look at um, the Day of Atonement. This is, you know, as we walk through what is taking place on this day, what is taking place. um, And, you know, as we walk through, now we're going to walk through the sanctuary again tonight because the pieces of furniture that are in there, they're so profound. They are that they have so much meaning to it to just spend one night on it it's just i wouldn't be able to do it any service so it's best to just incorporate it throughout this whole series so you'll be hearing um a lot of pieces in that furniture of the furniture um tonight but 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 our focus is going to be looking at that day um that day of atonement that's a very important day amen so let us just take a pause as we look to the lord in prayer Father God again, we thank you so much for what you have done and what you are doing and and what you're about to do in the lives of your of your people. Again, we take nothing for granted but in all things we give thanks and so we invite you now to come and spend this time with us. Um, take t- charge of my thoughts and and father, even in all of my preparation, it was not enough to do, um, your, to, to do your business. And so uh, remove me out the way and allow your Holy Spirit to have free range to speak to your people tonight. Thank you so much. Rain down on us. Allow your Shekinah glory to fall. Fill us with your love, your presence, your spirit, and take us to that place that resides in your heart. Forgive us again of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, the Day of Atonement, a very significant day um, in the Word of God. Um, as we approach these last days, we understand that there is a lot of things, uh, there are some things that are going on in heaven, um, even as we speak, that God is doing some things um, in heaven, even as we speak. Psalm 77. Um, Verse 13 simply reminds us, says that thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. You see, he doesn't itemize who he is for who it is not for. In other words, his way is in the sanctuary. And he doesn't minimize that and the day of atonement is central to the sanctuary as well as eighteen forty four which is central to the day of atonement for God's end time church Now we're not going to go deep into um, 1844 we'll come back to that um, to talk about the significance of that day of 1844 Uh, but we see here that that there is a chain reaction That takes place as it relates to this day of atonement. So God simply reminds us, He simply encourages us that we need to be mindful of this day. Uh, We read here in First Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 1, he says that now all things, all these things happen. Unto them, for an example, he was speaking of ancient Israel at this time. Uh, uh, Our fathers, he says, that they are written down for our learning. Uh, God has placed these things in our midst for us to learn, those of us upon whom the ends of the world are come. God is speaking to us through. His sanctuary, he's sharing with us some key points as he draws us closer to him. So God wants us to use ancient Israel as a textbook down here at the end of time and the Day of Atonement uh, uh, was the highest day of that year. It was according to Leviticus 30, uh, 23, verse 27. Uh, 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 this is very significant that God speaks to us through his sanctuary. God knows exactly what he's doing. He know exactly what he is looking for through his people. Leviticus uh, 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 chapter 16 simply shares this with us. Uh, 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 which will give us an insight into what this atonement is all about. He's talking about cleaning us through his sanctuary. It says that on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you as well as for me to cleanse you that you may be clean from all of your sins before the Lord. So there you can see that atonement has to do with cleansing or cleansing not in part but in whole. God don't half step. God don't just halfway do stuff. When God does it, he does it in whole. And so we see here this word called atonement. So what exactly does atonement means? Simply, it reminds us. First of all, it's at God. God, God is, is is breaking it down. At you see, it is at the cross where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my sins was rolled away. You see, it was at the appointed time that God sent His Son down. From heaven, uh, uh, down here to earth, to die for your sins and mine. See, it was at that uh, a baptism where we can witness the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You see, at is very significant. See, God understood that we need to, to 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 be at as we approach. The end time. So we see the atonement. First of all, it means at. Not only that, but it means one. So the word of God reminds us that there is only one Father, one Son, and one Holy Ghost. God is calling us to have one mind, and that mind is the mind of Christ. So God is saying, I need you to be at one with me. And that's what this word atonement Is simply reminding us to be at one. God meant what He said when He said, Come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God meant what He said when He woke us, when when He laid His life down that you and I may have. God meant it. God meant it when He told you that you will be the head and not the tail. God meant what He said. When he said that if you would forgive, if you would ask me to forgive and I will I be faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. God is reminding us that when we look at this thing called atonement, now this thing only happened once a year. It was only once a year that the priest would go into the Most Holy to, to minister the last sacrifice in the holy place and so the word atonement simply means at one with God at one with God Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 simply tells us that to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. God said there is a time for everything, that nothing happens by happenstance, that there is a reason for what is going on in the world today. As crazy as things are and as messed up and as mixed up as things are, when we look at the sanctuary, God is reminding us that everything that is unfolding right now, he meant for it to happen. I know it's hard to believe with all of the deaths and all of the crime. And, 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 and the truth of the matter is that's where we focus a lot of our attention on the negative of all the crime and all of the hate and, and all of the disruption that is going on. But if we can just flip the script for a minute and look at things from the point of God's point, uh, uh, viewpoint and we will see uh, that all things work together. For the good of them who love God and who are called according to his purpose. I'm reminded of the fact that God makes no mistakes. And so when stuff happens, it's happening during that season. Why is it that it didn't happen in the other season? Because that just wasn't the season. I didn't make the rules. I didn't write the book. All I know is is that God has told us that there is a season that in everything There is a season. Everything, there is a season. God know what we need before we are even in need of it. And so he says that this month shall be unto you the beginning of the month as he's speaking to the children of Israel. So now God is, as is, is I'm introducing them a new calendar. Now God is letting them know that I'm doing a new thing. It is not to replace the old calendar, but it's to let them know that now I am introducing to you a, a, a new calendar. God was going, uh, 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 a, a, was was doing something very renewed to the, with the children of Israel, getting them prepared, setting them up for what was to come. And he was basically letting them know that there are some things that you have to observe. There are some things that you have to content with. There are some things that I'm putting in place that you have to abide by. And so, no, God wasn't doing away with the old secular calendar system, but he was adding it to, he was adding to it a religious calendar. So what are you saying? Well, let me just help you out. Uh, This calendar was going to be based on seed time as well as harvest time. You know, we just had the time changed. And the truth of the matter is it throws a lot of us off. Amen. Amen. But it wasn't that way. That's not God's intention. We don't need to have to change times, but because we're trying to get more out of the day, but God is saying, listen, I am setting up a religious calendar, a calendar that was going to be based on seed time and harvest, a agricultural year. So God has already set it up. We didn't have to go moving the time backwards or moving the time forward, but because we're trying to get more bang out of our buck, because we're trying to get more out of the ground, we're not letting it rest like we should. We're not tilling the the soil like we should. We have all this artificial stuff going on because the land has been so overproduced that it's not able to function like it should. So now we have all of these adjectives that we're putting in our foods when really God said there is a time for you to plant. There is a time. And when you get outside of the timeline of God, you're going to have nothing but problems up on problems, up on problems, up on problems. And those problems with the soil will eventually affect your health. And that's why we have a lot of health problems. And God has already set this thing up uh, 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 back with the children of Israel. He was showing them that I am going to show you how I will redeem you back to me just by you simply looking at the world around you, just looking at the seasons will let you know how I will redeem you back to me. And so... It was different so that he could uh, then teach lessons to his children that they would understand it by what was around them. Just by looking at what was around them, they were able to gather lessons and be able to learn of God almost as if they were back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve used to spend time with God and and God will explain stuff to them and and show them things. Well, well, God is saying, listen, I'm just trying to get you back to a place where we can have relationship again. And so... Everyday lives of the Israelites were guided by the seven yearly feasts and festivals, and the feast followed by this agricultural cycle. And so, God set this uh, altar of sacrifice so let's move into the sanctuary let's look and see how this altar uh what does it have to do uh, uh, with these seeds and times and and and, and the atonement where, where we understand that all these things are in the furniture in the sanctuary they all speak of none other than jesus we okay with that right amen and so also they are parallel with the furniture and the service of the sanctuary. So, so, so we're going to begin right here uh, with the altar of sacrifice in the courtyard, and, and with, which is parallel with the passover. You see, this altar right here, which took place on Friday, the Passover, which took place on Friday on the Abid 14, this was when Christ, our Passover, amen, was laid down, was crucified on the cross. And we understand, if I can just go a little deeper with this Passover, you understand that in the book of Exodus, uh, when Moses, when God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go, where there were was a series of plagues that took place, but that last one, we uh, uh, they call it a plague, but it wasn't a plague, but it was a curse. Because Pharaoh told Moses, he said, listen Moses, if you come back here again, if you come back here again, uh, 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 there will be death. There will be some killing going on. And the word of God declares that out of the mouth of Pharaoh, that last plague came to fruition. And now, I'm, you know, I, I, I love God, I, you know, and I just thank God for how he deals with us, because God sees our intentions, he sees our motives, and the text says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, but let me explain something to you. God didn't harden, Pharaoh could have changed his mind. Say Pharaoh, Pharaoh could have let the children of Israel go. Pharaoh could have changed his mind, but instead, Pharaoh was about Pharaoh. Pharaoh was about his mission and his plan. And so God saw that Pharaoh wasn't going to change his mind. He saw that Pharaoh was, 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 was deadlocked on his decision. And so God told Moses, he said, I need you to go and tell the children of Israel, I need you to let them know that tonight I need you to take some blood, I need you to kill a a, a lamb, I need you to kill him, put the blood over the doorposts. And everyone that have this blood over their doorposts would be spared. This blood over the doorposts simply represented Jesus, our Lord. And so God, on that Friday, the Passover lamb, the, the, the uh, night that Jesus Christ was laid to rest. Uh, uh, Jesus, this is, was when Jesus, our Passover, is crucified. For we find that in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, uh, we read that so Christ died on time. That's what this altar of sacrifice, it wasn't just bringing the lambs and the goats and our sin offering, but this altar of sacrifice, it represented Christ, our Passover. And so we no longer have to go uh, to the table, uh, 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 bring sacrifices uh, uh, no more, for Christ is now our Passover. He is now our Passover our sacrifice. And now we go to the table of cutting uh, uh, on the north side, according to the text. You see, those are only recorded in Ezekiel chapter 40. You see, there's there's a table over there where where, where, where they were to bring uh, uh, the animals to, uh, uh, bring these animals for inspection, because the Bible says they are to come without spot, And without a wrinkle. So before they make it to even the table of sacrifice, there is an inspection that needs to take place. We have to make sure that everything is good, we have to make sure that everything is right. Those are only recorded right there in the book of Ezekiel, the feast of the Lord. This right here is where Jesus is, the feast of the unleavened bread. Uh, uh, Jesus reminds us, he reminds us that he is the bread of life. That he is the bread of life. That he came to give us life. You see, we understand that this here parallel with the feast of unleavened bread, uh, uh, the cutting board. It parallels with the feast of the unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is dead bread unleavened bread is what they call dead bread and, at, and it takes place on the, the, uh, the uh, Sabbath right here where Jesus laid his life down buried in the tomb on Sabbath so on Friday they crucified him on Saturday on Sabbath he laid in the tomb dead I know we like to say rested you know that's really nice but he was dead he was dead this represented here uh, 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 Jesus and how had already reminded us, Jesus had already shared with us that he is the bread of life. And I love the fact how Jesus sets things up, Jesus prepares us for what he is about to do. He never leaves us uneducated, he never leaves us to fend for ourselves. And so this here takes place on Sabbath and Jesus lays his life down in the tomb. He's, he's there in the tomb resting. He says that I am the living bread according to John chapter 6. But then we move on a little further to, to uh, uh, the labor. You see, next we have the labor. You see, the labor parallels with the wave and the sheaves. In other words, the spring festival. And at the beginning of the barley harvest, they were to bring in sheaves and waves and then, and, and then wave them before the Lord, offering him the first fruits of their harvest. This was very significant, to bring this labor before the Lord. I'll come back to that because on that first day of the week, we see here uh, 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 that on that Sunday comes Mary Magdalene uh, 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 early at the tomb. Uh, uh, Mary comes to the tomb and she finds that Jesus is not there. Jesus isn't in the tomb anymore. He has been, he, he is risen on that Sunday. So that means that Christ had resurrected. He was no longer there. He was risen right on time. Everything that God had set up from the beginning had taken place and everything was being done right on time. I want us to remember that right on time. Now we can go inside of the tabernacle. And the first apartment known as the holy place, we see here these candlesticks. Now these candlesticks parallel with the feast of weeks are what we call Pentecost. And is there the taking place on the sixth or the fifth day from the wave offering or the fifth day from the resurrection of Christ? And that's when what Jesus is talking about in John 16, verse 7, when he says, I it, it is it is expedient for me that I go away, it's expedient that I leave, it's expedient that I leave here and go away because if I do not leave then the comforter will not come. And so in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, we see here that Jesus was set up at his application and fulfillment of that very day. It says that, and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness unto all nations. And so then we move on across the room we move on across the room, and we see here that we have this here, um the table of showbread. We see here that this bread on the table, which represents, uh, uh, you know, there are so many representations. But I, I, I like to just stick with the fact that Jesus says that I am the bread of life. Uh, some say it represents the Old and the New testament. Some say it represents it rep- represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And I would like to say to you that all of you are right. Because at the end of the day, even the tribes of Israel represented Jesus Christ. It all points to Jesus. It all points to Jesus. And so I thank God that he never leave us and he never forsaken us. Because Jesus reminds us, he says, that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in uh, in the whole world, and the testimonies of all nations, and then will the end come. So God is laying some things down. He's setting some things up. He's putting some things in place. And so now we look at it going into uh, uh, the most holy. And there's only one piece of furniture that we find in the most holy. We find the Ark of the Covenant. Let me back on those. Somebody say, well, you forgot one piece of furniture, preacher. You forgot uh, uh, the altar of incense. Well, we'll come to that because as we enter into the most holy place, that there we find just one piece of furniture and it is, as I just said, the Ark of the Covenant. But on the Day of Atonement, there is the golden censer between the two cherubims. God understood exactly what he was setting up when he was setting these things up. And this right here, my brothers and sisters, parallels with the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, which took place on the tenth day of the seventh month, still in all fall season. So the Feast of Trumpets was the first day of the tenth month, and this is the tenth day of the seventh month. Now... You might be asking, where is the altar of incense? Well, what, what happened to that? Isn't that out in the holy place? Well, yes, it is. But you have to understand what's taking place because, see, in the, the altar of incense, this was a huge piece of furniture. And it takes four, at least four to five men to pick that piece of furniture up to take it inside of the most holy place. Amen. So what the priest would do, uh, there was a piece of, uh, of the, um, of the um, furniture of the incense that he would take in and he would wave it back and forth. And we see here this mitre that, that, that this, um, our, our priests would use to to sprinkle the incense, which represents the prayers of the saints. And so, in Hebrew nine, Hebrew nine, verse two through four, it simply reminds us that for the tabernacle was prepared. The first part in which was the lampstand and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holy of all, or the holies of holies, or the the most holy, which which it had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid of all solid gold in which were the golden pot and it had the manna inside of it and also inside it says here in verse 4 that Aaron's rod that budded and the tablets of the commandment and the priest would take a part of the incense into the most holy place because remember he was the only one that was able to go inside of the most holy place. So God was setting this thing up, letting us know that there was only one, we talked about at one mint. There was only one that was able to redeem us. There was only one that was able to go into this piece of uh, uh, this part of the sanctuary to set the sacrifices, uh, uh, to pray over the sacrifice. There was only one individual that was able to go into this part of the sanctuary to make atonement for mankind. There was only one. And Jesus Christ is that one. And so when we read in Hebrews 9, 2, uh, we see that Paul is describing the sanctuary on the day of atonement. The day of atonement is also the day of judgment. This right here is the day that Christ is now uh, 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 um, rendering judgment over all of our good deeds that we talked about yesterday or our evil deeds that we talked about yesterday. It's in this part of the, of the sanctuary, on the day of atonement, how God is showing us through all of these seasons. All of these seasons, the harvest time, and bringing all of these festivals, every festival had a meaning. Every party, as you would, had a meaning. Every celebration had a meaning. Everything had a meaning, and everything was to set the Israelites' mind in a place to where they are recognizing that God is redeeming them back to him. So if I ask you the question, when you look around your day to day, does your life represent God? Does it reflect God redeeming you back to him when you are performing the services of the day? Do you see God redeeming you back to himself when you look at all that's going on in your world and in your day to day? Is it a reflection of God redeeming you back to him for Revelation fourteen seven. Simply says that we ought to fear God and give him glory. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the spring of waters. God is calling us back to worship in the sanctuary it's about worship when we deal with the manna it's about worship god told moses when he stood on mount sinai he said take off your shoes because the place in which you are standing is holy is a place of reverence the place that you ought to be mindful that you're in a in the presence of an awesome god and whenever you come in the presence of an awesome god a holy Holy God, you I can't help. But to give him worship. If we don't feel worship, if worship don't ooze out of us when we think of God, then we ought to check ourselves because we're about to wreck ourselves. up. Because God is calling his people back to a place of worship as we move through life. Although we're not setting up tabernacles right now. Although we're not setting up places of worship as such in the olden days. But what we're saying is that God is calling His children back to a place where we can worship Him even at the labor we worship Him. We worship Him at the altar of incense. We worship Him at the table of showbread. We worship Him even when we experience the candles in our lives. We worship God all through the sanctuary. And why are we worshiping Him? Because the Bible simply reminds us That he's risen. I love the fact that he has risen. You know, I love the fact, and we talk a whole lot about him dying for us, but I pray, and I praise God for his death. I praise God that he took the pain. Uh, you, when you see these pictures uh, 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 of, uh, of um, Christ being beaten and, and, and the blood, it, it looks very, very painful. And, and so I don't want to minimize uh, um, him taking my lashes. But oh, and I thank God for laying in the grave, amen. But oh, if he had not risen, if he had not risen. Then everything he did on day one when he was a toddler, uh, playing in the front yard, everything he did as he grew up and he began to call the disciples to ministry, everything he did when he went to the Jordan to be baptized, everything he did by giving sight to the blind, everything that he did as it relates to giving those that couldn't hear the ability to hear everything that Christ did, even by drawing you and me in here, if he had not risen the truth of the matter is, if Christ had not risen, we wouldn't be here right now, Uh, we wouldn't have the, the ability amen, to call on him if he had not risen, if he had not risen, then we wouldn't be able to stand here professing a God that is able to heal from the uttermost to the gutter from the guttermost to the uttermost we wouldn't be able to proclaim a God that has all power in his hand if he had not risen if he had not risen then I wouldn't know that there is a God that can keep me in perfect peace if he had not risen if he had not risen then everything that I've been going through would be of knots if he had not risen, I would probably still be stuck on stupid. Come on, somebody. I don't know if I could say that, but it's out there now, Elder. It's out there now. I didn't even... Is that, it's out there. If he had not risen, I would still be lost. But because of his love, because of what he did, Because of him going into that room on the day of atonement. Because he looked beyond my faults and he saw what I was in need of. That God now said I would do this for you even though you don't understand why I'm doing it. Even though it doesn't make sense why I'm doing it. Even though it don't register in your mind while I'm doing it. I'm going to do it because I know what you need even though you don't. Know what you need before you even formulate the thoughts in your brain. I know what you need. I know how much you need. I know when to turn it off and I know when to turn it up. I know when to do what I need to do in your life. I know you think you have all the answers. I think you think, I, I, I know you think uh, uh, that, that you have all of the, uh, all the wisdom you need to get you from point A to point B. But I would just like to remind somebody here tonight that you don't have all the answers. That God said, I'm here to make atonement for you. Because his way in the sanctuary and every piece of the furniture as it relates to the children of Israel. And how he laid all of these things out for them. He's laying the same thing out for you and for me. He's letting you know that I am the way. He's letting you know that there is only one door that you can go through. Yeah, you don't have a tabernacle in your backyard that you can see, but God lets you know that he is the door because there are so many other avenues that we try to go down to try to get relief. There are so many doors that we try to go through to try to get peace. There are so many doors that we try to go through to get help and God is saying all of those doors won't get you the help you need. All of those doors won't get you the peace that you're looking for. All of those doors won't get you the success that you need because I am the door. I am the way. I'm the truth and I am the life. No one gets to the most holy. No one gets to the father but by me. He says I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. I'm the one that's going to take care of you. You're looking at all of these things. And the truth of the matter is, you know, as many times as I've said it, it seemed like I, the Lord ought to move on me. I would think the Lord would say, you know what? Your people got it now. My people got it now. But the truth of the matter is, some of us, we still don't get it. That Jesus is our bread. He gives us a life. He gives us what we need. He gives us everything that we deserve and everything that we don't deserve. That's how, much, that's how good God is that he give you what you don't deserve. He gives you what you deserve, and then he'll give you what you don't. Because none of us deserve to be here right now. None of us deserve to live in the house that we live in. And I know you, you worked hard, and, and, you, and you saved up your nickels and your dimes, but, but, but let's be real, you don't deserve even the health that you have right now. But then he gives you, what you, what you he gives you what you don't need, And then he'll give you what you need. Because when we get sick, he gives us healing. when we become lonely, he gives us a friend to talk to. He said, I'm going to give you what you need. He said, everything you need is found in me. And that's why we can look at him and say, Christ, what you did, you did just for me. Hallelujah. I make it personal right now. I'm glad that there is an audience in here. I'm glad you online, you're viewing. But if I can just make it personal right now. Because what he did on the cross... He just did that for me. I know you you think he did it for you. I I, I get it. I mean, he's a big God. Amen? And I I don't mind sharing him with you. but, but, But let's just be real tonight. Amen? He did it for me. Amen? He laid his life down that I may have life. Can I make it personal tonight? Okay, I won't be selfish. You can make it personal too. Amen? Is he your God? Has he done something for you? Did he put food on your table? Clothes on your back? Did he wake you up this morning? Oh, he's a good God. So whatever he has done, amen, he did it just for you. It's the kind of God we serve. He's able to love all of us the same, but yet love us individually. He's able to be faithful to you and faithful to me without compromising. That's how good God is. And so I'm so thankful tonight that what he did on Calvary's cross, he did it for me. Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. All to him I owe. Amen. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't have to worry about my sins creeping up on me anymore because Jesus paid it all. I don't have to worry about laying up at night anymore, worrying about something creeping in on me because Jesus paid it all. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Why? Because Jesus, He paid it all. And all to Him I owe. This debt of love I owe unto Him. Because I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve any of this. But Jesus, He paid it all. And I thank Him for that. I thank Him for that. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be fearful because I can just look at what he has done through the sanctuary and look at how he uh, um, led the children of Israel and also just simply look at how he led me. When I look back over my life and I think of all the things that I've done and all the places that I've gone, knowing I shouldn't have made it, but God in his wisdom Looked beyond my faults And he saw my needs And so God held back the death He held back I'm uh, 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 um, 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 foolishness He held back strife He held back all of those things That should have taken me out He said because I'm looking down the road And I see him doing a great service for me My brothers and sisters That's why we can't count folk out that's why we cannot count folk out we can't write folk off because they may look like one thing but God see them in another light because you can't see what God sees. see we can't see what God see because as I stand here and if you and if you were able to just roll back the scroll and if you were able to see me uh, back in the 80s you would say no that's not my pastor that can't be my pastor Lord you saying he's the one you mean he's going to be the one you mean that one right there and he would say yes that's the one God had told you back in the day that you would be the one leading the praise team you would be the elder of the church you would be like you sure you're talking about me you really mean me God said yes I really mean you because I see what you don't see. I see what you don't have the ability to see. And if you will just simply trust me, I'll cover it all. I've already covered it all. I have already dealt with it. I just need you now to lift me up. Do what I've called you to do, and let me do the rest. Can we do that tonight? Can we just let God be God? Can we just let God be God? And we do what God has called us to do. And let God do what God has already done. Father God, again, we thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. You are truly an amazing God. Without you, we are hopelessly lost. But with you, Father, we are more than conquerors. Father, there is so much going on in the world in which we live in. It's shaking us up sometimes. It's causing us to scratch our heads. And our faith is being tested. But, Lord, it's a blessing to know that that you will put no more on us than what we're able to handle. That you're going to see to it that we make it into your kingdom if we but just trust you. If we but just lean on you. So we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing. We thank you for what you are about to do. Forgive us again of our sins, we pray. In Jesus' name, let the people of God say amen and amen again. Let's put our hands together. Let's put our hands together. We want to remind you that on tomorrow... We'll have our worship time together at 11 o'clock. We'll also come back here at 7 o'clock. Keep me in prayer. Keep me in prayer. Um, and we know that God is going to do, continue to do what he's already been doing. Thank you again. God bless you, family. You have a blessed Sabbath, and we'll see you again in the morning. God bless you. If you have a